All right. A little late walk this morning on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. I've got some clouds in the sky. Bud's ready to walk. And I had a, a big event yesterday. I had my uh, interview. And those are kind of tricky, right? Because it's a phone interview, screening, you know, see if you can come in, do the interview. And now I've got to wait a week. So how do you gauge? You know, you put your best, best shot forward. So one of the value things of this podcast is like this is real time, real time experience of job seeking. And uh, entrepreneurial funnels, my funnel's not huge for jobs, right? But it, it's, 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 it's at least I got more than four or five opportunities. So you just keep filling them up. And I, and I going through a mindset change anyway, like I have the old school work for one company and I know I'm beyond that already, but it's still a tough, tough things. Some thoughts hang with us for a long time and they cause us to get stuck. Right. So anyway, I had a conversation with the gentleman and, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see where it goes. I'll find out next a week from now. And uh, and on the one hand, it didn't sound all that exciting, folks. I mean, on one hand, it's a, uh, it, it's a $500 million company. They've got a product line that's just exploded to like $80 million because of their distributorship. And they want to exploit that, make it grow, do better, organize it. And so Mike, you know, being the enthusiastic growth mindset dude I am, I'm like, so you're 80 million now, what in 12 months, where, where do you want to be? Like, do you think it should be a hundred million, 120 million? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's best to be opt- optimistic, but uh, the, the response I thought was, wow, that's interesting. So he's like, well, you know, it's, you know, we probably will get 3% growth from, raising prices and uh inflation so there's three percent and you know if we can get six percent total i mean that's pretty good growth you know i'm like wow that's not like super ambitious but then on the other hand like maybe it's probably realistic right so you know uh, i'm not discouraged by that at all but uh, you know i and I don't know, but it's I, I don't have enough information. Like I told him, I, said, I don't have enough information to give you a plan of attack, right? But he's kind of setting the bar pretty low as far as I'm concerned, you know. But I don't know everything, right? So I'm not going to, I'm in no position to comment, really. Uh, on the one hand, maybe that's a great thing. Like, you know, wow, okay. You know, 6%. And, uh, but I know it's a good, it's a good conversation and, We'll see where it goes. But what does it say about me? It's like, well, I kind of, either I'm delusional about growth or something. or I just like to be in double-digit growth, I would guess, or something. But I don't even know what that means. It's, just, it's, it's a number. It's a bunch of numbers, right? Numbers. <laughs> math. Math. It's all math. So anyway. That's 
that's where that's at. Um, I got an interesting call from a uh, a big airplane company. Starts with a B. <laughs> and it was a purchasing person that uh, my former company, uh, we, we our lawyers couldn't agree to the terms. It was like 80 page document that basically says, you know, if something screws up, you're liable for all kinds of stuff. It's, um, not a pleasant place to be in if if your product is going on like an 80 million dollar airplane with 300 people on board and something goes wrong you know liability is it's not something you just sign up for an 80 page legal document is not my expertise and apparently our company also doesn't have didn't have the expertise so we uh we weren't going anywhere with the big B at the time, but the big B called me yesterday because that's my phone number. And uh, I'm really glad to hear from the uh, the big B. And uh, um, so that's, that's good. So I, I did my job when I was working there. And uh, she thought highly enough of me to give me a call. So I pass it on to my contact and, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so there, that's good. You just got to do the right thing. Do the good, do good things, not be bitter about no longer being there. So I had a fun conversation with her. I, I liked it and, uh, pass it on. And now my former boss probably got wind of it this morning. And she checked me out on LinkedIn, like, what's what, what's Michael doing? I like my former boss. He has 11 horses up in Oregon. But I, I don't know. I think she probably thought I was a little too intimate. Or I don't know if it's intimate, but uh, too um, personal. Because she came from the big corp world where everything's like static and cold. And uh, we're human beings, right? So it's just like the human element in the big corporation is dangerous, right? Because people will, um, the safest thing to do, the low risk thing to do is like, just be private, stay in your swim lane, as they say. So anyways, I, I refuse to like play politics like that. Or just, and maybe I'm just dumb because I... I don't like that kind of environment. I'm too interested in people. I'm too interested in trying to work things out or something. I don't know. Whatever. Don't we all want to work in a place where we get to be our authentic self? So I was. I guess I'm being more. I just started becoming more authentically myself. But that's a bit dangerous comment because really, how authentic can you be? Whatever. <laughs> that's not very helpful to you. But it's transparent. Anyway, so my former boss looked at my profile on LinkedIn. So that's, I and I take it everything. Why not think positively, right? I don't know thoughts, inconsistencies. Yeah. Um. And so just go from there. Bud's walking. The other, the best news probably is I did a session of writing two Pomodoros yesterday. And um, I'm starting to get the feeling that the Pomodoros, 
well, I mean, the writing and the, the um, that's probably what I got to do is the universe, Holy Spirit, God directing me to, uh, to do that. I think so, but it's just a matter of timing. But I do know that making progress is what I need to do. So, um, I got another session in yesterday. Twenty-five, only twenty-five hundred words. Only did two pomodoros. And, but that's just two pomodoros less than what it's going to take to finish. So. Maybe I can, if I can keep the momentum going. So after we walk Bud here, I think I'll do a few correspondence things. And then uh, um, see where that leads. But that, I, I'll probably, I should probably get four Pomodoros in this one. We'll see. Just get back at it. Keep the momentum. My reward is going to be go to the gym after that and lift weights and uh, yeah so I kind of enjoy the Delbert guy I'm reading his book um, something about failure and you can still win big you can make lots of failures and still win part of life's journeys is some way summarize well, it's just yeah people uh, Edison, all these anecdotal stories about successful people that were not always, they weren't always successful. And we just want that magic bullet, right? We just want to, we just want to get to the end game somehow. But isn't the end game, isn't it probably not satisfying either? So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, perceptions. Is uh, I res I resist perceptions. I'm like I don't know what the perceptions are because we can't we can influence other people's perceptions of ourselves and put our best foot forward, but um, at the end of the day, as they say, you just can't control other people's perceptions. So, yeah. I'm in, uh, I'm smoking what I'm selling, so I spent my time in First Peter. Moving on to the next chapter. And, uh, yeah, I just, because I focus on Paul and I kind of Acts gives you a good idea of what Paul was doing and where he was going and things. But with Peter, you can't really tell because you just know he's not really, he shows up a few times in the book of Acts. But uh, other than that, he writes as Peter writes. Well, we do know that Peter kind of stuck with the Jewish people, right? That's there was in the book of Acts, there was Paul. Barnabas and they had a big meeting about whether Gentiles should be circumcised after they became believers. You know, these debates about the boundary markers started early. And uh, 
at the one point, Peter's like, well, you know, Paul, you and Barnabas, you guys go to the Gentiles. We'll go to the Jews. So when I read the book of First Peter and it talks about those scattered in all these places, it's not that far-fetched to say, well, he's probably writing to the Jewish believers in those areas. Now, they did mix over time. They started mixing, so it's not a huge, huge deal. It's a subtle thing. But I, I do read the... Okay, I'm back. I had a phone call that interrupted me. And... Uh, so we keep going. It's a short call about the checkups on the heating, make sure our heat works. So I got to keep the funnel full and uh, added some things to the funnel. I haven't heard. One of my things is like I'm, I've added a few things the last couple of weeks on the funnel, and I'm like, well, they take time to develop. So sometimes they shock me when they come up. Like, I get a phone call, I'm like, um, okay, did I apply for this job? This job? And, uh, you know, with LinkedIn, and uh, I, I don't know if it's gotten to this point yet, but like in the job search world, there's this thing called the applicant tracking system, and there's all these computers and stuff, and LinkedIn now, and they have all these job postings. And it's like, well, recruiter, people are actually looking for people use the same systems they use linkedin so it's almost like if you if they put out a job then they must it just must be like one of becoming another dishwasher or something you know because it's, if it's like a special job they ought to be proactively going to look to fill it right and if my profile is right people will find me and they and i've gotten a few of those but I'm in a pretty unique uh, position. So then it raises questions like, well, is this worth talking to this person or not? So, yeah, I got some follow-ups to do. And we'll do that. And I, I'm right. I got to do some writing. And I had a fairly good conversation with my wife. And this is where mind reading comes in. Because I'm not, I'm not fair to other people when I try to read their minds. And that's... A, a failure mode that I'm in. So let's do Gaussian distribution. I'm probably really bad at that. And I'm probably either below, however you want to look at it, below average or above average and how frequently I try to read people's minds. There's a whole nother distribution curve about how accurate people's mind readings are. So it's probably not even good to consider how accurate you might be at reading people's minds. We just shouldn't do it. It's just not a good idea. It's not good practice. So, um, but my wife had patience with me. I have to give her a plotter for that one. Because I went into um, uh, a sermon I heard and just how I explained why do I get frustrated. And so we actually had a pretty good conversation about my frustration, my triggering. And... Yes, you can make the argument that I'm picky, right? But I guess if people hurt you, then you have a tendency to be picky, right? So, um, and that sounds like, you know, that's basically a justification for being picky. But um, then I, I went with, well, hey, it says teachers are, are going to be under a stricter judgment. 
and uh, and then uh, the common interpretation is that God's going to do the stricter judgment, but technically the, the text doesn't really say that. It just says in general, <laughs> teacher, teachers are going to be under stricter judgment. It doesn't say that I can't give them a stricter judgment. So, and I, and I feel good about it. Why not? Why not give uh, teachers a stricter judgment? Because actually it's a compassionate thing. Because like, hey, if you're saying stuff that might hurt somebody else, and that's one of my strengths is the inclusion thing, right? I love to include you. That's why I'm including you on walking the dog, right? This is an obvious strength that I have. I'm including you in my life, my journey. And it's, it's in real time, real time journey of life. And back to the hero uh, model, the uh, guide and hero. You're the hero. Um, we have things to overcome every day and we don't frame it. We don't frame it as hero activity. Um, we have a tendency to make big things, the heroic things. And I suppose one of my messages here, the so what's are like, Hey, even small things are heroic, you know? And, um, yeah, I guess that Donald Miller was kind of talking about that in his little two or three minute video. And I thought a cat was walking in the background. And uh, the title of his video was something like uh, the biggest mistake to, that gets in the way of our success. And I was joking. I said, oh, I thought it was cats because he had a cat in his room. But it was it turned out it was a dog. I don't know if that says anything different between about Donald Miller, but dogs versus cats. So there's all kinds of frameworks. So I, I uh, some of you are like way advanced. You've done trainings, you've done courses, you've done, you're, and that's great if you're in a position to do it. Um, but for example, and, and so courses and things, and it's great. You know, people talk about the, the, the benefits of it. And I was watching one this morning, one of these free webinars on, on uh, seven key mistakes in interviewing, right? So that's an interest to me. And it's a video webinar and you can't fast forward it. It's an hour long. So I'm just waiting for the seven nuggets of information. And it's probably stuff that I already know, which is fine, but it's nice to get confirmation. And then I look at it and go, see, well, here's a person pitching their thing, which is okay. Right? Pitch and pitch away. And it may not be for me, but it may help somebody else. And I'm sure the value is there. And I didn't wait to the end, but I'm sure it would be something like, well, my course, you know, is normally like $10,000 to work with me in person or something. And then it's going to be like 297, 1997. Oh, but there's bonuses and there's a, and it's 497 and oh, but today only fast acting, you get it for 97. I don't know, it's going to be something like that. And it's always 297.97 and I'm going to be guilty of probably doing this someday. But Abundance thinking is like, you know what? There's value in information. There's value in training. Learn. Why not? 
and it looks like they're an authority. They try to establish themselves as an authority. So it's just there's the whole model to this. There's a whole framework to pitching. But what's the a shout out to the book writing people? That's a, you guys have a unique. Well, I, to me, it's unique. I'm not out looking for other people to do it. I see other people pitching book stuff. But there's a heart matter in here. There's a heart and soul and a and a, a value that people can see the authenticity in the people. So either I'm being naive, whatever, which is a good, it is a possibility. <laughs> but I just like I like these people, right? Why don't I work with them? I need them to add value. So I don't know. I'm sure. From their point of view, they feel like they're in a tough competition for people. But it's a, a big market up there. Plenty of room for other people, right? Pioneers get shot, I guess. So, Bud, why did we walk down here, Bud? This is a kind of a nutty place to walk. I don't know how we're going to get out of here. Are we going to get out of here? So, uh, yeah, Peter, I, I Googled up some stuff because I don't know much about the timing of this particular book, but it looks like it's the after Paul's kind of cranked out a bunch of his letters and uh, Peter finally hadn't really written anything apparently until this point. So that's thus we have first Peter. But again, it's like, so I think my message is like, let's not read this stuff in isolation. Let's put it all together in like how it happens. Because otherwise, we get a lot of agenda-based, but come on, agenda-based stuff. And I think I'm on this netting that Bud's struggling with. And so now he's, he's off. Okay, good. All right, Bud. He doesn't like this uh, netting, but we kind of have to go this way, bud. So, first Peter, and then he, he Google stuff up, and there's like, well, was it 68 AD or 81? And then they're like, well, you know what? I'm not going to spend more than a few minutes on this. I don't want to become a scholar on the thing. And uh, let's just read what it says. It's accepted teaching, so we can go with it. So we're chosen. That sets up a a big debate on these theologies of Calvinism versus other stuff. And I kind of prefer the chosen thing than deciding, because I think figuring it out and deciding is. A little bit of arrogance, like you figured it out. So, whether I'm fully into, um, I guess this would be an example of studying and how much knowledge do we have to have, right? Do we have to like study this John Calvin dude from 1600 just because he framed, he was the first guy to like come up with a framework describing it? So then we end up arguing the details of a framework. I'm like, no, I don't like that stuff. I'm like, done. I'm not, I'm not going to join somebody's framework. 
and uh, I can see elements of it, but it actually, why not just read the original stuff? <laughs> Peter says, you were chosen, you know? Oh, okay. I guess you are chosen means you are chosen. Real complicated. And then it just gets into virtue signaling and like, well, people are going to hell. So like, oh, they're maybe they're not chosen. Like, well, I'm going to convince him. And I got this, uh, my best man at my wedding, his father's probably like 85. And he really loves, he got into this apologetics that that was probably the, the theme of the time. Okay, boomer. That's what they would say. Okay, boomer. Apologetics. But if you wrap up the apologetics down to, hey, are people chosen or not? I mean, are you, you know, it sounds, and my experience is that we're chosen and that you, um, you understand these truths by the grace of God, right? There's so many verses on that gift. It's a gift. So um, if that's the case, then how much knowledge do we need to do? And who's the knowledge for, right? You know, you, you proves all this stuff. Like, you know, it's like, why do we even engage in that? Just, that's not that's not gonna put blinders on and not engage in like all this complicated reasons and theories and Ravi Zacharias and all these smart people. It's like we don't have to be smart people to follow God. And I guess it gets down to the, the doing, right? Do not what we think. What do we do? So I'm in my head, so I probably have to do more doing in my life, but uh, I'm on the Gaussian curve, so we'll get there. I'm making some strides. And uh, yeah, but uh, so I'm getting um, Uber Boomer. Is it okay, Uber Boomer? (laughs) Because he's not really a boomer. He's like an over boomer and there's not many of them left the uber boomers okay uber boomer or uh, how about boomer birthers right because they birthed a bunch of boomers okay boomer birther that that might work okay boomer birther (laughs) yeah i can entertain myself and that's what i do when i walk but what else can i do walking butt and we're on our way home, bud, aren't we? It's good. Because I am actually, in a rare occasion, because I spoke probably with my wife for like an hour, and we probably wore each other out. So this is more of a subdued podcast, because I just, I have a lot of energy, but even that can take a toll on it. Okay, Boomer? Okay, Boomer. So, uh, yeah, I like that boomer birther thing. Okay, boomer birther. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we're going to go on and do some things today, take some action, and give ourselves credit because that's, you know, some endorphins, like doing things. And, uh, making progress and framing it 
you know, what's my brand? One of the big things on the number one mistake is branding. So I think my personal brand is developing. I don't know. Do you have a good handle on your personal brand? Like what problems do you like to solve and how do you do it? So, um, I think, and it's like, what are your skills and strengths? So my personal branding is strategic thinking, ideation, brainstorming, and uh, inclusion, which is an odd one, but that's working with other people and making things, working well with them. And then woo. I love some woo. I mean, I hope you feel some woo. And woo is winning others over. So if you're listening to the podcast, I must have done something subconsciously to win you over to be interested in getting this far. And then communication. So I'm not real confident in communication, but I probably should be more confident. So this is from Strength Finders. I mentioned that before, and it just helps me develop my self-awareness, and then how to articulate a brand. So I'm good at at, uh, entering into a situation, kind of talking it out, hash out the ideas, but I'm not an executor, right? So I'm not like a, okay, there's a game plan, let's do it. I'm so organized. I'm not. That's not a weakness for me. But in a right team. Um, that's fine. So, yeah. And the woo, and when you over, I want to win people over to walking in the spirit. It's kind of like my, my drive, my brand. I'm the, the Holy Spirit brand. It's a weird one. <laughs> Can I own it? Yeah, why not? You know, we had the '70s and '80s were full of Jesus freaks, right? The Jesus freaks. Why don't we have the Holy Spirit freaks now? Or we could probably brand it something else or name it something else. But there you go. I'm testing out uh, a theory uh, on the black slices are. There's no guru out there that's perfect. And so, but the usually the little black slices that we all get hung up on, that we point at other people and say, ah, oh, they're bad because of this black slice, right? And we ignore all the good stuff they do, right? That's like selective, selective thing. So if our theology is that all of man is fallen and Paul says he's evil himself, we're just, this is, that's it. It's like, we all going to die, right? So I guess that was one of my overnight thoughts. It's all in the movie. There's always the guy that's like, we're going to die, you know, and it like gets your attention, but it's true. We, we are going to die. And then the Donald Miller uh, uh, brand story model, it's like, don't be the victim, right? Don't be the guy in the movie that goes, we're all going to die because he's a victim, right? But even I cut that guy some slack too, right? 
So uh, there's uh, in the movie, there he is, the victim. We're all going to die. But it's true. And so where was I going with that? It's like a sobering thought. He's like, yeah, we're all going to die. But that's not the end. That's the ho- not the hope. And uh, when uh, I'm still working this out, but fully engaging that concept, it's pretty important. Um, so, and the hope is, it's like, this isn't it. This isn't it. And we are broken people. So we are going to have black slices. And we'll always be able to point to other people's failures or shortcomings. And uh, so uh, move on and look at the good things. Um, And my issue is with organized religion because they... They're stricter. They're under stricter judgment, folks. So, if they just want to be people and humble themselves and say, "Yeah, I'm going to get up here on Sunday morning and yeah, I'm going to teach some stuff and yeah, it might be stupid, it might be off base, you know," but just just don't expect too much, you know. Don't expect anything, you know. Then then I'd probably be fine with it, but (laughs) but would I, you know? Would I? No, it's kind of like the so what and what now. I, I use that with my wife talking about the uh, Cornelius and Peter story that got magically turned into a racism thing. And I'm like, why are we talking about racism in Louisiana? Just for fun? I mean, are we, you know, again, it went all the way back to the Jack for Jesus message. It's like, just don't talk. If you think there's a, I, don't, I, can't, I can't believe. There's more than maybe 5%, 10% of the people may have some kind of inkling of racism thoughts. And then that's just thoughts. And I'm like, well, what actions are people taking? I mean, it's very hard to take a racist act right now. So are we, you know, a thought police? <laughs> it's like, what are the actions, people? So then I'm basically saying like, well, we sat here for 30 minutes with a message that's for like 3% of the people. It's like, so what? And what now? I got nothing. I got nothing to take with me. So, and maybe that's how you feel about the podcast, but I'm not claiming to be the distoller of of uh, all truth. I'm claiming to be a real person talking about my experience with uh, religion, you know, religion, organized religion, all well-intentioned, but let's just, you know, I, I do say that I will, um, lower my expectations, which I have, but I still don't want to go in there and get triggered. So I don't do so. Yeah. But we had a good conversation about it. Because it's just was such an opportunity to talk about the power of God's Holy Spirit working in people's lives. And that's the most important message there. Not about social justice or 
or that. And it's all the group think. It's easier to change, like it's easier to put energy into changing groups than to just say, okay, I'm gonna change myself, right? That's the other major theme of this tree ties I'm working on is like, it's, it's not reformation anymore, it's transformation. I have to reduce the racism in my life and no virtue signaling by a pastor bringing up stories and anecdotal information from Louisiana do we really think that's going to change my attitude and behaviors? Or when you're staring right at what we call the message, the word of God and the power of God, and it's staring you right in the face that God is acting in people's lives. Do you think we should spend all our time marveling at how God intervenes? In people's lives and pause there consider that which is staring you right in the face or should we just go with the cultural flow and say oh we've got racism oh my gosh no we don't want to do that and uh so that's the experience of that. And the only answer I have is for me to change, to transform. What is God? What is God's capable? Our message is that we have Holy Spirit. And he can reveal what I specifically need to do. So, and again, I'm not... It's too much thought police going on, I guess you'd say, and uh, trying to influence correct thoughts. And I weaseled out of that with some math too. I said, look, we got like 30,000 thoughts a day. So are we gonna beat ourselves up because of a few thoughts that we have? Or should we just like chill out and go, the human condition is that we're messed up and I'm just gonna do the best I can with what I got to do. And I'm not going to hold too tightly to any ideology because the ideologies are going to change and the circumstances are going to change. You know, some of your kids are going to be in spaceships on the way to Mars, right? Is they going to, going to still be talking about Louisiana and Alabama at that point? Uh, you know, um, yeah. And the whole, whole space travel that's why you know I, I don't think I don't think Elon Musk or or uh, Jeff Bezos are too concerned about building cathedrals on Mars or anything and yet the Holy Spirit's going to be there without a church right and, and it's probably happening it's probably why I call it the blockbuster effect of the organized church you know, it's like the analogy would be these churches are standing around wondering, like, why are people not coming to church? And it's because we have Netflix now, you know? You guys are doling out blockbuster videos, and we don't want it anymore. We got something better. 
I have a feeling it's not me only. It's the Holy Spirit working in people. So it's probably happening. And uh, the blockbuster video people are sitting there like, I sold a th- I rented a thousand videos last weekend. Then then the next weekend I only did nine hundred and fifty. This week only nine hundred. I think next week eight hundred. Oh, oh, all of a sudden. Nobody's running videos from Blockbuster Video. Oh. Except for the people that they convinced to hang on. Don't give up your membership card to Blockbuster Video. Keep coming. (laughs) Netflix is evil. (laughs) Only we have the best video. Yeah. Oh, it's sad. So I don't really, it sounds like a downer. A downer. So how can, can we make this a, a upper for you? I mean, I, um, obviously I'm talking through this thing. And uh, so how am I going to go? Is that just get over it and do what I'm here called here to do, which is write, make some phone calls, and see what door um, opens and continue to get better at making better decisions. So you've got, you're the hero. You got your own decisions to make. You got to make a decision on how to, how to deal with a challenge that you have faced with you. It could be a minor challenge, like going to get the mail Shipping your Christmas cards out on time. You know, it's December 3rd, so maybe you want to get all your family Christmas cards out. And maybe you want to write a story about what happened last year and stuff like that. And so that's your heroic, that's a hero journey. You're on it, you got a journey to get that done. And uh, you don't have to do it, but you choose to do it. So you got, and you got a system in place, you've done it before. Systems approach, yeah. So my system's gonna be Pomodoro and reward myself with going to the gym and exercising. So that's all on tap for me today. Let's see how I do with that commitment. And uh, we'll go from there. So it's chilly out here in the desert. It's December now, still pleasant, and uh, yeah, things happen. So, oh yeah, Grace, um, Peter started out as, he started out the letter with grace and peace in the fullest measure. I like that, that he added in the fullest measure. So that's, uh, that's a good thing, right? So get some grace and peace, find it, mercy. Mercy will come to you and bring you grace and peace. Just uh, pause for a second and recognize it. And may it be in the fullest measure, as Peter would say.
There you go, folks. Have a great day.